Thank you for listening to Christ Alone Podcast, where we believe that Jesus lived, died, and resurrected according to the scriptures. Our hope is that God can bless you through this week's episode. All right, welcome back, everyone. You're listening to Angie and Steven's podcast. Crass Alone, Crass Alone podcast. All right, we're back. I know we missed an episode last week, but, uh, you know, we've been... Things happening. <laughs> That's our excuse <laughs> we, every time. We've been things happening. It, no. was, it was Memorial Day weekend, so we had yeah. a few things going on. We had a cousin's wedding. We had just... Uh, yeah, busy was, weekend. Busy weekend. Well, we are back That's right. and ready to rumble. That's right. All right. So um, today, I guess uh, we just, we, I guess we talked about it. Not really. I don't know. We, we did talk a, about it. We so we had a conversation about how, well, this, um, my goal this month, because um, I'm going to have a month off of work, I would like to learn more just about apologetics and really study it um, so I'm better prepared um, for conversations about my faith. So that when somebody asks you, you can give a defense for the reason, for the hope that is in you. Mm, so and good. so you can do it with gentleness and respect. respect. What is that? First Peter? First Peter 315. Nice. The first part of that is to honor right, right, right. God okay. told you. So then we were talking about that and uh, you brought up how there there was this guy who had made a defense for Christianity but the issue was that when he made the defense, he was using the Bible. So the problem, as, as awesome as that is, um, and as great as it is for us as believers to hear that, I think it, something that you said is it's, that it makes it difficult for the unbeliever to respect that defense. Because if they don't believe yeah. in the Bible or the God of the Bible, then using the Bible to defend the Bible or Christianity... Um, is will not suffice for them. Well, <clears throat> honestly, I don't think anything's going to be sufficient for an unbeliever unless they do the research themselves, unless they are looking for truth for themselves, then they aren't going to come yeah, to that. Yeah, at, at some point they have to come to the realization, all right, well, how much evidence is enough evidence for me, right? Yeah. And I think that is, you know, where the Holy Spirit comes into play. Um but going back to, you know, um, I know the gentleman made an, uh, an argument, you know, that we shouldn't use the Bible um, to defend Christianity. However, I do think that there are exceptions to that rule. Um, I, I think it depends on the context of right. the conversation. Definitely. It all depends on the person that you're speaking with, uh, because I, I don't totally agree with that. Why? Because... You know, if I tell you that I have the fastest car on the in the neighborhood, well, how am I going to prove that to you without using my car? Yeah. I have no, to use my car to prove to you that my car is the fastest in the, you know, right. in the neighborhood. And so in the same way, well, you know, what does Romans 10 say? Faith comes through hearing and hearing through the word of God. The word. So Man, I'm um, glad I knew that you, verse. Otherwise, that would have looked bad. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, Romans ten seventeen, and so you you have to you you have to. I mean, there's power in the word of God. There is. So 
Um, you know, I don't want to discourage anybody from using that. Just I would right. say, you know, the more the more that you study the word, the more that you stay in relationship with God, yeah. God, the Holy Spirit will guide you through those conversations yeah. to know when to use the Bible, when not to use the Bible, and so on. Yeah. No, and that's definitely true. It just depends on the context. And like you said, the Spirit would guide us. And I think um, that can happen with an atheist, and agnostic. But uh, I think it's super important as well when it comes to speaking to um, religions that are similar or are branches of Christianity that are not Christian. So like Jehovah's Witness, would I think they identify as Christian. Yeah, Jehovah's Witness, uh, Mormons, Mormons and, identify as so Christian. I think in those cases specifically, it is very important to know the Bible. Ca- Catholicism. Um, Catholicism. I know, I know, I know we've said on here that Catholicism is not Christian, but I... I want to make a correction that, you know, traditionally Catholicism was Christian. Yeah. It was, it's based on Christianity. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. All right. So, um, so, I mean, where do we start? So, I mean, so there was this, uh, other gentleman who, so uh, as I was saying, there was someone who tried to defend the faith with just the Bible. And so there's other gentleman who said, um, okay, now he, he made basically a thesis of, these are all the cases for, I guess, Christianity and cases for the Christ evidence. outside of the Bible. So he did a real deep dive, I guess I would say. Yeah, um, with 32 verifiable references. And so we kind of just want to go through that because I think it's it's a lot of important information. Um, also, maybe, maybe we can post the link. Yeah. On our- also, also, I'm, I'm going to get his permission. Now. I'm sure he won't have a problem with it, but... Um, or I can just share his post where he just wrote the whole thing. Right. That might be easier. Um, but um, um, I want to say that this is extremely important, um, you know, uh, because the Christianity, it, it dies or lives on the fact of the... Um, the life. circumstances that, okay. that, that revolve around the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Right. Um, even Paul says it, that if Jesus, in fact, did not rise from the dead, did not resurrect, then we are fools yeah. for believing. Um, and so, yeah, there, you know, I, I, think, I think this also keeps a lot of people on the fence about Christianity because they go as far as, and even in many religions, they'll go as far as saying, you know, yeah, Jesus was a, a great prophet. Jesus was a good man. Jesus was, you know, uh, a great teacher, a good teacher. You know, there's some value in what he said. But I have to question when somebody says that, like, all right, what do you mean exactly? Because are you talking about just what everybody says, like the golden rule, treat everyone how you want to mm-hmm. be treated? What about the you know, love God with all your heart. Like, what about the one before that one, right? Love God with everything, your heart, mind, soul, and your strength. What about, you know, um, everything else that Jesus said, you know, uh, that, you know, he was the son of God, that he was, you know, the one and only God. What, What about all those claims that, you know, he, you know, in some cases may have not, said directly in that specific verbiage but with everything that he did say and he did do 
Um, it, yeah. it, so you can't, you can't say that he was a good teacher and say that he wasn't the son of God. Right. Um, or either that, either he was the son of God who he said he was, or he, or he was a crazy man. Right. Well, C.S. Lewis puts it this way. Jesus Christ was either a liar, a lunatic, or the actual Lord that he claimed to be. Yeah. So, um, and I, I, I took it a step further, right? I said, all right, so either Jesus was telling the truth or he was completely insane. But not only that, his insanity is the first and only case of where insanity is contagious up to, you know, 2,000 years later. It's right. still, you know, uh, infecting people. So, right. and, and then we're all just all crazy. Yeah. So, all right. So, um so I guess the first question would have to be, right? Did the resurrection actually No, the happen? first question, que which I guess we... What's the first question? You know, then? there might be some review of previous episodes here, but that's fine. Um, the first question would be, did Jesus actually exist and was he crucified? Because there's different, uh, a few different sources out there um, that say either he didn't exist or he was, wasn't crucified. I think the, the idea that he doesn't, doesn't exist is... The biggest, I guess, yeah. lie because there's multiple sources that that say that he existed. And so, but the fact that he was crucified, um, I know the gentleman. One of the things that he mentioned was um, that the Quran, for example, says that Jesus was never crucified. Yeah. Um, but there's a bunch of sources that say no, he was. Yeah, the Quran uh, says uh, something along the lines as. Um, he what he wasn't crucified or was made to appear as if he was crucified and there's other um, there's other uh, Islamic uh, teachings uh, hadiths where it talks about Jesus uh, you know a man being crucified having been made to look like Jesus um, so uh, again this nullifies just the entire uh, Islamic belief in that uh, just in that claim alone. Right. All right. And so uh, this gentleman, uh, his name, first name is Alexander. I can't remember his last name. Um, but he lists five well-established historical facts regarding the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus of Nazareth. And the first one is that Jesus, Jesus of Nazareth was a historical person and died by crucifixion on the orders of Pontius Pilate in A.D. 30. The second one is on the Sunday after Jesus' crucifixion, a group of women followers found this, his tomb empty, which is the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea. The third is uh, various groups of individuals experienced seeing Jesus after his crucifixion on 12 separate occasions in a variety of settings to different people over a 40-day period at the same time, including a group of over 500 different people, which led to mass conversions and martyrdoms. Uh, that means people died for believing that Jesus had bodily resurrected. Um, the fourth one is that Jesus' half-brother, James, um, was a skeptic of Jesus uh, being the Messiah and called him mad and mocked him with his family. And yet later, he still became the leader of the Jerusalem church. 
and was martyred for his testimony that he had seen the risen Jesus Christ. Uh, number five, the fifth is Paul. So previously known as Saul of Tarsus, was a renowned rabbi who was an expert of biblical law and dissecting scripture. Paul was an enemy and hater of the Christian faith, responsible for imprisoning and murdering Christians. Yet later, he converted to the Christian faith and wrote nearly half of the entire New Testament and was martyred for his testimony for having seen the risen Jesus. This is crazy because to me, this is like Paul is also a historical figure that can be traced back if, if we looked at that part of history. And he was this person. And I think that's one of the greatest proofs because he was out there killing Christians. Yeah. And, and like, he wasn't even there when the crucifixion happened, as far as we know. Uh, but he was in the area. He knew that had happened. Uh, and he was, you know, um, I guess, in a sense, commissioned to, you know, eradicate the idea that Jesus was God. Right. So the fact that there was such a dramatic change that he went from crucifying Christians to, I mean, being one of the main... To dying for Christ. To dying for Christ and being one of the main authors of uh, a lot of the letters in the New Testament, you know, that in itself is a testimony to the resurrection actually happening. Yeah. All right, so um, let's see. So then there's also uh, 10 first century and second century non-Christian sources that mention Jesus of Nazareth, of Nazareth as a historical person and that he had died by crucifixion. And all of these sources were written within the first 150 years of his life, most of which... Uh, these people were also haters of the Christian faith. So uh, Jesus' death by crucifixion is mentioned by renowned first century Roman Jewish historian, a skeptic of the Christian faith, Josephus. The crucifixion is also mentioned, Jesus' crucifixion specifically, is also mentioned by the first century Jewish historian, atheist and hater of the Christian faith, Thallus. Jesus' crucifixion is mentioned by the first century Roman historian and hater of the Christian faith, Suetonius. Jesus' crucifixion is mentioned by the first century philosopher, Mara Bar Serapion. Uh, and Jesus' crucifixion is also mentioned by secondary Roman politicians and haters of the Christian faith, Tacitus and Pliny the Younger. Jesus' crucifixion is also mentioned by 2nd century Greek writer and hater of the Christian faith, Lucian. Jesus' crucifixion is mentioned by the 2nd century Roman lawyer, Tertullian. Jesus' crucifixion is also mentioned by the 2nd Greek historian, Phlegon. Jesus' crucifixion is mentioned by the 2nd century Greek philosopher and hater of the Christian faith, Celsus, and the Jewish Talmud. And this does not include the abundance of first century Christian historical witnesses who wrote about Jesus of Nazareth, including the eyewitnesses. Now, my biggest thing is, you know, a hundred years from now, a thousand years from now, if they're able to look back at the records of 2020, they're going to see, hey, 
there was all these people advocating for a virus, and then there was all these people advocating against it that were silenced. Yeah. Now, what we see from this part of history in terms of Jesus' life is that people were writing about the life and the death of, of Jesus, and some wrote about the resurrection, the bodily resurrection of Jesus, yet we don't have any evidence to the contrary. If Jesus did not resurrect in his own body, as it is written in the scriptures and the gospels, then it would have been very easy to prove that. Yeah. By showing the body. Yeah. No, no, no. He's not. You guys are hallucinating. This yeah. is not. That, wait a second. Yeah. So I think it's Paul in the Corinthians that he says there is 500 witnesses. Yeah. First Corinthians 15. That, you know, saw the resurrected Jesus. So he was, yep. he was walking around with the people 40 days after he resurrected and there are plenty of um, witnesses. And so had not had that not been true, yeah. you know, someone would easily have been like, no, that, that didn't happen. Um, you can go check with the witnesses to see if it did or if it didn't. I mean, think about it, right? If somebody right now said, hey, uh, this guy in Orlando, he's been dead for like three days. Yeah. But we can't find his body. And he's walking around. He's eating with people. He's talking with them. He's showing the wounds on his body about how he died. Yeah. And he's walking around. You could see right through his injuries. You got to come see this. Who wouldn't? Yeah. Right? And he's claiming that he's God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, it would have been easy to, um, to, to write about and say, no, this is not happening. So, so we have people that say that, you know, as we mentioned in the Quran, that he wasn't crucified. But then there's also people that say, hey, he was crucified, but hey, he never resurrected. And so there's this idea of the, of the, um, of that, how people try to explain the empty tomb. Um, and they, they say that it was because his body was stolen by the, by the disciples, right? And uh, if we look at the Bible, uh, we see that, uh, what was it? Wait a second. You're using the Bible as a source? Yeah. Well, we talked about that in the <laughs> beginning. <laughs> um, but we see that, uh, so the Roman officers go to, I don't remember who, I don't remember the specifics, um, their boss, and basically they agree on, we're going to say that the disciples stole the, the body, right? But the one of the uh, points that Alexander here makes is that, if the, let's say the Roman officers were asleep, then how could they know if they were asleep that the body was stolen? I don't know about you, but when I'm asleep, I have no idea what's going on around me. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, um, yeah, so, so there's that, that. That's a good point. Um, also, a renowned New Testament scholar uh, and textual critic and atheist, Bart Ehrman. I think that's one of, one of my favorite things about the explanation that Alexander makes is that he used people, not only were they scholars, but they're atheists, non-believers. <laughs> and haters. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Bart Ehrman stated, One of the most certain facts of history is that Jesus was crucified on the orders of the Roman prefect of Judea, Pontius Pilate. So everybody that claims Jesus is a myth, I, I can't even have a conversation with them because I already know that they're not serious about truth. 
All right. So, um, you know, the, like you said, the stolen body of Jesus uh, theory uh, was historically discredited, discredited, okay, um, by uh, logical uh, impossibilities here. So, uh, as you mentioned, all right, it's impossible because they were asleep to know what was going on. The, uh, let's see, there's another thing too. Uh, the criterion of embarrassment also confirms the historical credibility and probability of the group of women followers finding Jesus' tomb empty on the Sunday after his crucifixion. Yeah, so during this time, it was like women had basically no say, no, like there was little care about what There were second-class citizens. Right, so... In fact, even in the Quran, it says that in order for a woman's testimony money to be taken as true or serious yeah two women had to testify the same thing because two women could match one man's testimony interesting the quran says that so so the idea first of all like we said that you know women's women's uh what they said and who they were they weren't they were second class um it makes it less likely for that to be a lie when the disciples, when, you know, it's mentioned the, in the Gospels. Like, mm-hmm. if I'm trying to make a point that something happened, what would have made most sense is that they said, okay, the dis, uh, these disciples, this, you know, Peter and John found him or something yeah. like that. But the fact that they're saying women found them shows that, okay, they're not trying to prove something. They're They're just saying history. Yeah, they're just telling it how it is. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, I mean, all right, so uh, even Josephus, right, who we talked about, a renowned first century Roman Jewish historian, states that the testimony of women shouldn't be allowed into the court of law. And so due to this, it's completely illogical that the New Testament gospel writers would admit women were the first key witnesses of the empty tomb unless it actually historically happened. Yeah. So, so third um, reason that it's not possible for the body to be stolen is the stolen body theory simply doesn't explain how a few spineless fishermen um, would be able to sneak uh, a body from well-armed professional Roman guards, which makes sense. So not only, you know, could the Romans not have known if they were asleep what had happened, but these are trained professionals. Um, they have weapons and these are... You know, the disciples are fishers of men. Yeah. Um, I mean, not... Ro- Roman guards were like the Marines of the time. Right. Um, and so, I mean, and and I, like... Not only that. Like, the, the reason the Romans were put there was obviously to protect the temple. So because no... they, they, they already Sorry, had... Sorry, not, not the temple, had, the, they, the tomb. The tomb, yeah. They had already heard rumors that... Jesus, I mean, Jesus said as much himself that he would re- resurrect right. on the third day. And the, and they're like, the, the Pharisees were like, no, no, no. He, they went to the prefect and were like, no, you got to put guards there yeah. to make sure that the disciples don't steal the body to make it seem like he resurrected. Right. That's why the guards were there. And I think a lot of people overlooked that fact. Yeah. So not only that, too. Right. Not only was it guarded by the the Marines of that time, uh, but also there was a two ton stone <laughs> that was how blocking they, the tomb. How would they have been able to move it without yeah. waking, like without these, waking up the guards? They must have been 
yeah. doped up or something. I yeah. don't know. And then everybody was aware, right? Everybody was, I guess, in expectation of it. Yeah. And so if if anyone would have seen a group of men trying to lug a body around, yeah. during this time, someone would have... Noticed it, pointed yeah. it out. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, all right. Um, all right. Renowned New Testament scholar and historian N.T. Wright... Uh, stated, that is why, as a historian, I cannot explain the rising of early Christianity unless Jesus rose again, leaving an empty tomb behind him. Yeah. It's true. I mean, Christianity should have died if Jesus didn't resurrect. Right. Now, one of the uh, other theories about the resurrection is that there was a mass hallucination, which if we look at, you know, if we study psychology in any way, we know that that's not possible. Like a hallucination is subjective, subjective to each person. So it's and nobody Im- else participates. Yeah. So it's impossible for a group of hun- hundreds of people, because it wasn't just the disciples. Hundreds of people had the same hallucination. And also the fact, like, listen, if um, the disciples, for whatever reason, were high, and let's say they all hallucin, like they would know. There's no way. Like, like the fact that they um, died for this, like I saw a reel, uh, obviously, you know, just joking around about how, you know, the idea of the disciples are, you know, in a group just chatting and laughing. You know what would be great? You know, if we said that um, we saw the resurrected Christ and you know what would be even better? Let's all die for it. That would be hilarious. And it's like, no, if if so many people were willing to, like you said early, be martyrs yeah. for the idea that Jesus rose from the dead and that they experienced the risen Jesus, well, then... Let me put it to you this way. Um, James Warner Wallace, who's the author of Cold Case Christianity and Person of Interest, which, by the way, I highly recommend if you are really trying to look at what Christianity has to say in terms of evidence because there are verifiable sources that are mentioned in those books. But he says that there's only one reason why people lie, cheat, and steal Mm -hmm. and commit crimes. It's either money, power, or sex. And the disciples had nothing to gain from claiming that Jesus had resurrected. On the contrary, they had everything to lose. Yeah. Everything. I mean, from that moment, they were fugitives. Yeah. And then they were captured, brutally tortured in an effort to get them to recant what they were saying that Christ had risen. And then they were brutally killed. I can't remember which was the apostle that was sawed in half from the bottom up. Is that like... Huh? From the bottom up? Yeah. So from the groin oh, up. Oh, gotcha. Okay. He was just cut, sawed in half yeah, that way, the long way. I, I don't know who it was, but one of them. And I, and John. John was thrown into boiling water. And he survived. Mm. So, like, after after that, you have to think, right? I mean, how many movies have we seen where, where guys are being tortured and finally they're ju- they just admit... They're like, fine, fine, what, you know, whatever you say. <laughs> yeah. But this didn't happen with them. So renowned New Testament scholar, historian, and atheist, Gerd 
Lord Hammond stated, it may be taken as historically certain that Peter and, and the disciples had experienced says after Jesus' death in which Jesus appeared to them as the risen Christ, as an atheist. Yeah. Which yeah. makes me think, okay, if if it's certain, then why, why don't you believe, man? Yeah. Why, why don't you believe in Gerd? Hmm? Well, I think what he's arguing is that he's certain that they all believed it. Right. They believed it. Um, uh, and I think, you know, I, we mentioned it before that there's a, there's a certain part of, of, um, there's a certain part where you're uh, in the pursuit of truth where it makes you so uncomfortable that you have to stop. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, all right. Um, so that's we're gonna stop there, guys. So we're trying yeah. to remember. Uh, we're keep trying our to, episodes we're trying to short. We're keep this to a thirty-minute episode, but um, hopefully we're we're gonna hopefully have a part two. Yeah. Um, if you join us next week, um, but you guys can find us at ChristAlonePodcast.com. All of our handles are Christ Alone Podcast, except for Twitter, which is Christ Alone Pod, and our number is four zero seven seven nine six two eight eight one. Feel free to call text. Uh, leave us your questions, suggestions, or prayer requests, and we'll be happy to, you know, uh, meet you halfway. Um, also, I want to encourage everybody to please go to um, Apple Podcasts and write us a review. It definitely helps push the podcast forward. Um, please share the podcast with someone that you think might benefit from uh, what you're listening to. And uh, don't forget to check out our website because uh, if you go to our website and click on store, um, you'll find some really cool new Real cool. Uh, shirts. Um, they are provoking short shirts. Um, uh, we have... Uh, provoking, not provocative. Yeah, provoking <laughs> uh, in terms of provoking conversation, right. uh, hopefully. Um, pray about it. Look at the shirts. Order some. We've got some special promise t-shirts for this special month of June. So go check those out because um, the rainbow is really, it's about promise, not pride. Mm, but that's for another episode. Yeah. <laughs> all right, guys, we love you all. Um, and if we don't see you next week. We'll see you in the clouds. God bless.